Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Championing the core conservative principles of limited government, individual liberty, free enterprise, and traditional values. This is the John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS. Welcome back to the John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS, Wichita's number one talk, sponsored by Wink Hartman and the Hartman Group of Companies. You can also listen to us by downloading the Odyssey app or by telling your smart speaker to play KNSS radio. And make sure you like and share the John Whitmer Show on Facebook. And of course, follow me on Twitter at John R. Whitmer. That's the best way to stay informed on all the latest show updates. You know, we've had the opportunity on this show to bring you inside the White House before. A couple of press secretaries, Newt Gingrich, a few other great guests. But our next guest may be able to share insights like we've never had before. Of those who served in the Trump administration who might offer an insider's account, Peter Navarro is uniquely qualified. He is one of only three senior White House officials who would be by President Trump's side from the 2016 campaign to the end of the president's first term in office. At the White House, Dr. Navarro served as an assistant to the president and the director of the Office of Trade and Manufacturing Policy. At the White House, Dr. Navarro advised President Trump on policies to increase economic growth, decrease trade deficits, and strengthen America's defense industrial base. He also helped increase foreign military sales to allied nations and reformed conventional arms transfer and unmanned aerial systems policies. He was involved in everything, shall we say. Just make it simple. When the pandemic hit, Dr. Navarro would serve as the Defense Production Act policy coordinator and played a pivotal role in securing a travel ban on China in January of 2020. Dr. Navarro holds a Bachelor's of Arts degree from Tufts University, a Master's in Public Administration from Kennedy School of Government, and a Ph.D. in Economics from Harvard. Dr. Navarro, thank you for joining us this evening. Hey, it's, uh, it's really my great pleasure to be with you. It, it, was, a, it was quite a ride. and uh, The only other two folks who survived from the campaign to the end of the first term were was Stephen Miller, the, the border czar, and, and Dan uh, Scavino the Tweetmeister. And um, with that lengthy introduction, you can see I had had a lot to do. But the book In Trump Time 
refers to um, a coinage I had early in the administration, which described the unique ability of President Trump to get things done as quickly as possible. And uh, the, the In Trump Time book is, is basically the journal of the last year of the administration. And um, it's got some heroes, but um, it's also got a lot of villains. And I try to put people inside the Oval Office, inside the Roosevelt Room, inside the East Wing. Um, as we did battle with um, evil folks like Tony Fauci, uh, the communist Chinese, and, uh, and these uh, progressive woke liberals who uh, really are tearing the country apart right now. I'm glad you brought up Dr. Fauci. You know, we're, I think we're still waiting for the end of the, the three weeks to flatten the curve. You were in the room. You, know, <laughs> you witnessed yeah. the, the, the flip-flopping, you know, from masks and don't masks and, and three masks and you know, all the stuff with, with Dr. Fauci. Uh, I, is he as unreliable as, as has been reported? Because it just seems like anymore, uh, I just heard recently, you know, Hugh Hewitt actually asked him if he would resign and he w- was incredulous to that. But I think it's gotten to a point now where people have lost faith in the vaccine in part because we can't trust Dr. Fauci. Was he that bad when you were there? Uh, even worse. And I get into the, the behind the scenes story uh, in in Trump time of how Fauci uh, was responsible for everything from killing millions of people worldwide because of his role in spawning the virus in the Wuhan lab to uh, his efforts to take down a sitting president uh, on behalf of the Democrats and, and big pharma people he serves. The in Trump time book actually um, uh, begins uh, in Chapter 2 with my first showdown, which would be of many with Fauci. What was interesting, John, is I, I'd never met the guy. I didn't know he walked on water. I didn't realize <laughs> he was St. Fauci, that he was a god, right? You know, just I, it's, I'm sitting in the sit room, and the boss uh, had called me the night before and, and uh, wanted me to basically bring the task force um, in line with uh, the president's uh, imposition of the China travel ban. Now, that's a policy that we all know now saved millions of lives. Oh, absolutely. Uh, because we did it. But it was January 28, 2020, and, and the decision, um, the president had made it, but the task force wasn't yet on board. So I'm in there. I got Mo- Mick Mulvaney, the acting chief of staff, at one end of the table. I got Pem- Pompeo's second guy at my left shoulder, Redford's across the table from the CDC. There's Azar. And then there's this little guy with these uh, round glasses sitting there with a smirk on his face. Didn't know who he was. And and it turns out like within three minutes, I'm in a shouting match with this SOB. And he, this Fauci's insisting that travel bans don't work. He's adamantly opposed to it. And I'm going, wait a minute. You mean to say if we got 20,000 Chinese nationals coming in and a lot of them might be infected that we shouldn't stop them? And he was just adamant about it. And I I came away from that uh, thinking two things. One, that uh, this guy thinks he's smarter than he is. Let's be clear. He's 80 years old. Right. You know, he's probably probably got got some issues there but also that that he was going to cause enormous trouble for President Trump. And I I was I was the only guy really in the Trump White House uh, who publicly uh, fought with Fauci and and for for good reason, because 
I would have numerous more showdowns with him, and he was always trying to screw the president. But uh, what he, yeah, one of the fascinating chapters in In Trump Time uh, talks about how Fauci not only used government dollars to fund the Wuhan lab, uh, he also did an end run around the White House to get these gain-of-function experiments going, which basically allowed the Chinese to genetically engineer the thing. And then, um, worst of all, he didn't come clean with the president uh, about the whole thing. He covered it up. And I can tell you honestly, if I knew now, if I knew then what I know now, President Trump uh, could have saved just hundreds of thousands of American lives. And that's all on Tony Fauci. You know, the the order that closed the travel from China was an executive order. I remember at the time uh, the Joe Biden opposed it. Lots of the Democrats said that it was rude, that it was racist. I remember that. Trump issued... Yeah, use the R word there. Oh, yeah, they, absolutely. They throw that around all the time. He Ultimately, during his president, during the first year of his presidency, Donald Trump issued 58 executive orders in his first year. Obama issued 41. Joe Biden has already issued 63 and he's only been in office less than nine months. His latest is this, you know, the national vaccine mandate. That's clearly illegal, uh, as was the moratorium on you know, evictions. Uh, the press considered you guys authoritarians. I'm just curious your thoughts yeah. comparing, you know, mm-hmm. the, the true administrations, the way the way the press treated you guys versus the way the press has treated the Trump administration. Well, I think that was the problem. Joe Biden was not properly vetted by the corporate media. One one person I single out um, in that corporate media is Jeff Zucker. He's the president of CNN. Uh, He uh, caused enormous damage to this republic, and there's blood on his hands and the hands of of people like John Berman, who's the anchor on New Day. Um, They they just wouldn't wouldn't do their job. Uh, And now... We're stuck with uh, with a guy in the White House who I believe was uh, fraudulently elected, uh, who by five o'clock, he can't find the men's room and doesn't remember what his name is. And um, it's it's very dangerous. Uh, the, the, the In Trump Time book, it's kind of a three act play in a way. It's it deals early on with with all of the vaccine um, PPE therapeutic stuff related to the pandemic in uh uh, when I got that ball rolling for the president in February of 2020, uh, then there's a, a good bit about the communist Chinese and uh, what they do to us. But, but the book does end with a discussion of, of what happened on November 3rd and January 6th. And look, these are the things we all need to get to the bottom of if we're, we're going to move forward. The, the Democrats right now are destroying our economy. They've thrown open the open border. I'd love to see Fauci down on the border with a Customs and Border Patrol uniform out, handing out masks and jabbing people with his vaccine instead of sticking it to kids uh, in schools. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's the height. I, look, John, one thing. February 9th, 2020 is an important day in, in history because that was the day I penned a memo on behalf of the president urging the task force to get moving on. It wasn't called Operation Warp Speed at the time. We, we uh analogize it to a hockey game where we have multiple shots on goal. And I, I said in that memo, we could get a vaccine by October, November and a third of the time. 
fought Fauci on that, by the way. We, we were able to do that, but never in my wildest dreams did I imagine that, that the Biden administration would use that vaccine as a weapon of economic, cultural, and social warfare. I mean, the idea that people who have already had COVID-19, who have much stronger antibodies than any vaccine could give them, would be forced to take the vaccine or lose their job is, is one of the worst crimes we've ever committed against Americans in this country. It's, it's terrible. And, and at a macro level, it's exacerbating significant labor shortages. And it, it's, it's creating a schism in this country, which, which I'm concerned about. You're absolutely right. We're talking with Dr. Peter Navarro, former assistant to President Trump. You mentioned it. You've got the new book out. It's called In Trump Time, a journal of America's plague year. It's available on Amazon. To heck with Bob Woodward's new book, by the way. If folks want to find out what really went on in the Trump White House, they need to read this book. Um, You know, one of the things, like you mentioned earlier, the first part of the interview, you're one of only three White House officials by the president's side from the campaign to the end of his first term, you, you go through a lot of this in the book. I mean, what was it like? That must've been an amazing experience. We've had the pleasure of talking to, you know, Corey Lewandowski and uh, a couple of press secretaries, Sean Spicer has been on the show, but this is a, it's a, it must've been just a fascinating time to serve for four years in the seat of, you know, the world's democracy. Well, Corey Lewandowski is is a real warrior, and uh, in the audio, I'm trying to do something innovative in the in the audio edition of the book, where I'm actually having uh, people who appear in the book um, actually speak in their own voice. And Corey, um, in one of the chapters, tells an extended, lengthy tale um, as he's on Air Force One the night before the election uh, about kind of the buzzsaw that we were looking at in terms of election fraud. Um, and, and, yeah, he, he just, he's, he and boss, Dave Bossy both appear and they're, they're, they're wonderful guys, but I mean, they, they were kept out of the administration when, when they should have been inside there. It was, you know, what was it like? It was like a shark pit. Just, I had to battle <laughs> as many people inside the white house as, as I did outside. And that, that was a real surprise to me because during the campaign on 20, 2016, when I was in the war room at Trump Tower in New York, you know, we were all pulling the same direction. And then and once I get to the White House, there's just about a lot of bad apples that worm their way in. And, you know, I talk about them in the book in Trump time. It's like the, the guy, because some of the people who really annoyed me were the generals uh, who just wouldn't obey the president or the chain of command, um, you know, Mattis. Uh, McMaster's, uh, John Kelly, and then you know, there's uh, Rex Tillerson at uh, at State was another one who who uh, was another bad seed. But but there's uh, <laughs> there's no shortage of villains in in Trump time. You um, you go into rather great detail of the fact that you know 72, 75 million Americans voted for President Trump giving him the most votes of any sitting president, and yet, you know, you wake up the following morning and somehow he lost the election. It's, I still find that hard to believe, Get grab my head around that whole situation. There's a whole portion of the book is dedicated on the election as well, right? When you finish in Trump time, uh, there will be no doubt in your mind that election 
was stolen. And the, um, the, the reports I did for the president um, after November 3rd um, on election irregularities are now being used as a template uh, to pursue these uh, forensic audits in various states. And we just got some information out of Arizona from the Arizona Senate there that uncovered at a minimum 50,000 illegal so-called ghost voters who voted absentee or mail-in. Ghost voters uh, are how Kennedy stole the election from Nixon. Ghost voters are those who uh, whose names appear on ballots, but they don't really live at the address where, where uh, those ballots came from. And if you do the math, it's very interesting, John. The, um, the election alleged victory margin for Biden was uh, only 11,000 votes in, uh, in Arizona. So if you just take those 50,000 illegal votes uh, alone and toss them out, Trump wins. Why? Because Biden carried anywhere uh, from two to three to one the absentees. Uh, Trump voters voted on the day of, and just that alone uh, would would allow Arizona to de- decertify. And that's what we need to do. We need full forensic audits. Uh, there's no way, look, there's no way that Joe Biden got over 80 million votes. It just didn't happen. Uh, you look at how quickly his approval rating has disappeared. I mean, you, you can't you can't lose that much support if unless you didn't have that much support to begin, to begin with. with. And, right. and that, that truth is going to come out as well. Well, again, Peter, the, the book is called Trump In Trump Time, A Journal of America's Plague Year. It's available on Amazon. If folks want, they can also follow you on Twitter, at Real uh, P. Navarro, and your website is peternavarro.com, correct? Yeah, and John, I also want to say that there's a new, uh, I call it the Twitter killer. It's Getter, G-E-T-T-R. I encourage everybody out there to, to look at it and maybe use that instead of Twitter. Um, I'm on that as well. I'm trying to wean myself from Twitter. The problem with Twitter is they they do what's called shadow banning and censoring. Oh, yeah. Getter um, is a, is uh, is is a good alternative, and we gotta we gotta develop our own sources of social media uh, to avoid that censorship. I agree. I, I was hoping back in the day, you know, that we'd find an alternative. So far, one hasn't come out for Facebook and for Twitter. Hopefully, this will be one. Uh, Dr. Navarro, thank you again for joining us this evening. I really appreciate you. Fascinating insights. Looking forward to finishing the book myself. Uh, thank you again, brother. I'm doing it. want to give a shout out to Annie out there in Kansas, uh, who I knew back in my college days. Uh, she's, uh, she's a great lady, and uh, I always think fondly of Kansas when I think of her. Thank you, Peter. Appreciate you. Carry on the fight, my friend. All right, brother. You we'll be care. taking your calls at 845 In the meantime, coming up after the break, Watergate attorney John O'Connor will be with us to talk about why John Hinckley Jr., the man who attempted to assassinate former President Ronald Reagan, was just granted unconditional release. You're listening to The John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS, Wichita's number one talk. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? 
This boy isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact. So jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.